Hey everybody, what's up? Happy Thanksgiving, this is Ro. So, if you're hearing this at the beginning of the episode, that's right. That means that something went horribly wrong, and this is no exception. This week, myself and Lobo were going to record an interview with somebody we had booked to come on the show. For whatever reason, they couldn't make it this week, and they had to reschedule. No problem, I said. We'll just do our Thanksgiving show. We were going to record it next week anyways and release it after Thanksgiving. Let's just do it before Thanksgiving. Lobo had some family obligations going on, so he screwed around whatever got home as fast as he could to record the episode we get everything all set up get the content ready to go try to figure out what stories we're going to cover we go to record and lobo's computer completely fries out and his hard drive died all right so i guess we're not recording a show not a big deal there's nothing we can do about it these things happen this is the way project archivist works um get rid of all the content I go on Facebook and say, hey, the computer died. We're not doing an episode this week. Time passes. My buddy Tom from Jake and Tom Conquer the World contacts me and says, hey, you know what? I've never been on your show before. You've been ours a lot of times. Why not just come on your show and I'll help you co-host? And I said, you know what? Sure, let's do this. I want to put an episode out. It's been a few weeks because November has been incredibly hectic and busy for us. Let's put a Thanksgiving episode out. Tom has no real idea how things work behind the scenes here. So I said, to hell with it. We'll just do it. Go to press record. My internet provider decides it doesn't know how to internet anymore, so I lose my internet connection. A lot of the stories and stuff we lose. We get everything back together again, hit record, and off we go. The bottom line is is that we literally put this show together about three minutes before we hit the record button, found what articles we could, sat down, and just pressed record and went. The other problem is, is at this point, I'd had about, I don't know, four or five beers in me, really wasn't expecting to do a show, and uh, none of the stuff was pre-read, none of the stuff was plotted out or anything that. We sat down and went, you read that, you read this, I read this, you read that, let's go and see what happens. We have no idea what we're doing in this episode at all. If you are a new Project Archivist listener, this is not a good episode to start with. This is us probably just screwing on at our worst with a guest co-host who really had no idea what the hell was going on or what we were doing. Um, if you're a seasoned Project Archivist listener, well, then this is all, yeah, you, you've heard this kind of thing before. Anyways, so uh, yeah, we just press record and jump into it and go with it and see where it takes us and see what happens. Uh, we didn't take any breaks. We didn't pre-read anything. We just threw the stuff together, hit record, and off we went. So big thanks to Tom out there for uh, stepping in at the last minute and filling the shoes and just doing what we had to do. And uh, that's pretty much it. I hope everybody has a good Thanksgiving if you're in the States and if you celebrate it. Uh, please don't beat each other to death with your turkeys and do try the stuffing. This is Ro. Peace out from Detroit. Let's throw the turkey down the aisle. Lots of butter makes them golden brown. Gosh, I'll bet he's going to be good. Huh? Wait till he's done, dear. Now we dip this cheesecloth in melted butter and wrap him up. To keep him warm? No. So it'll be juicy and tender. Now he's ready to bake ever so slowly. So, here's the story, folks. We haven't released an episode in about a month. 
because my life has just been chaotic. I, I had a hunting trip I had to do. I had all kinds of stuff going on. Tonight was going to be a night we were supposed to have a guest on the show, but the guest, for whatever reason, for a variety of complications, was unable to make it tonight. They're still coming back on the show. I had to rebook them. Lobo was at a Sweet 16 birthday party tonight, hurried home, churned on his computer, and his hard drive promptly died. So he was unable to make it to this episode. I'm contemplating calling him on the phone just for shits and or giggles. So... At the last minute, my boy Tom here from Jake and Tom, is it, what was it, Jake, is it Jake and Tom Rule Jake the World? Jake and Tom Conquer the World. Jake and Tom Conquer the World. You guys have gone, you guys haven't released a podcast in a while. You're getting your show back together. Yeah, again. yeah, actually, uh, we've uh, been releasing them. It's, yeah, you're right, That's be, you're back again now. I don't know if you've ever been on my show. I've been on your show several times. No, I've, I, I've, have you ever been I've over here? I've always felt too dumb to come onto the show. Well, this is a great episode for yes. you to come on. What we're going to do, normally we... We have this is the time of year we do the Thanksgiving show, which is usually rife with stories of cannibalism. Um, since Lobo's not here and things have turned out the way that they are, we're just going to kind of throw everything together and make a big Thanksgiving shit dinner out of all of this. Isn't that the whole <laughs> spirit of the season? Yes, the spirit of the season is to eat bad bad food. Or the, the legend goes that you're supposed to eat a whole bunch of turkey, then you all get really tired from the tryptamine that's in the turkey, and it's supposed to put you to sleep. But in actuality, there's not that much of the chemical in the turkey. Your body's just getting tired because it's digesting the huge amount of carbs that you're supposed to be digesting and so forth. As always, this show is literally being put together on the spot on the spur of the moment with all kinds of different content on the facebook page i ask people to post stories about cannibalism uh as we normally do on thanksgiving so people threw a variety of stuff in there and uh with lobo's grace um we're gonna try to pull off a show here now tom this is gonna be difficult for you to understand um a couple of episodes ago i think it was the last actual episode episode that we recorded um be advised people i do have a couple of beers in me lobo gave me an mri pizza meal ready to eat pizza it was the most foul, disgusting thing ever. Um, so, uh, so much so that my buddy over at Wheel Nerds, WheelNerds.com podcast, they actually got an MRI, MRI pizza and they ate it on the air. I have not listened to that episode yet, but I'm sure it's just my buddy Chuck and Todd eating the pizza and saying how much of a wussy I am for eating the pizza and complaining about it. So my boy Manny, uh, who's been on the show several times for UFO Clearinghouse, sent me a chicken tetrazzini MRI meal kit ready to eat. Um, so I said, yeah, I put on the Facebook, if anyone wants to send these things in, sure, I'll eat them on the air. I'll do some kind of a review or whatever and give my honest opinion about these foods. So I opened the pack up. There is the chicken tetrazzini or chicken chicken tetris, as we will call it from this point. What is chicken tetrazzini? I've never heard of that. I don't know. I'm going to open it and we're going to eat it. This is the low sodium variety, mind you. There is a small brown pouch which contains two fig bars. So I've got these military fig Newton bars. Um, There is a package of raisins, osmotic, O-S-M-O-T-I-C, osmotic raisins. So I'm assuming that there's some kind of occult spiritual essence in these raisins, which are going to give me mystical powers. And there is the ever-present, always in MRIs, or MREs, crackers, just crackers in a container. There is also a package of Skittles. Now, Skittles are what? Describe Skittles. Oh, I would say that they are fruity, almost a... gummy pasty type of uh, sugar bomb yes but they're more like m&ms and stuff kind of right? yeah they're yeah they're definitely kit. shaped okay. like m&ms these are not this this package has been smashed and mowed and um it, it, it's like a so it's like one now. giant skittle now 
It's something like that. It has the consistency of a Laffy Taffy. I'm going to try to open this and eat it simply because it's in here. But it's, it's it looks like a package of Skittles, but it does not have the shape of Skittles. It's kind of mush. And then there is uh, a couple of the white lifesavers, where when you eat them in the dark, your teeth will actually shoot sparks. Just what you need um, to conceal yourself uh, in a combat situation. Exactly. Papa's perfect not uh, no salt, salt-free seasoning because this is the low sodium variety. The spork, the pepper, and the little heating packet that you're supposed to put everything in and you dump this little liquid and it heats up. I said fuck that noise. I boiled the shit on the stove. <laughs> I, I didn't go for the authentic real military experience. So um I'm gonna open this up here and I'm gonna dump it into the bowl, the said bowl. Uh, oh, this is looks like cat food. Um it's white noodles. This looks really disgusting. This looks as bad as the pizza. Oh my god, it even smells like cat food. Uh, I'm going to eat this, though. I'm going to try now, it. Is the uh, bad appearance due to the processing that they had to do to make it last, or you know just the recipe? As much like I did with the um, other thing. Let's see here. I'm going to take a picture of it. I'm going to send a picture to you via messenger and I'm going to post it on Facebook for everybody else to see. So give me a second here. I'm going to, there's the picture. Okay. I'm going to send it to you in Facebook messenger right now. Everybody else is going to see this on Facebook right before or just after the episode comes out. Okay. That's the, that's the noodles and stuff that I just sent you. I've seen, I've seen and probably eaten worse. I mean, I I am seeing it. It it looks almost like a calf brain. But I mean, thanks. That's going to make this go down so much better. <laughs> okay. All right. Here we go. Oh. All right. Here we go. I'm going to try to eat this here. It's It's got the consistency. The sauce is like a snot kind of sauce. So um, here we go. All right. This is, this is camping um, food to me. Um, it's not great. It's not bad. I could eat this if I was in a bunker in the middle of the desert being shot at. Um, it's horrible, but it's not as bad as it's not as bad as I would have thought. It's it not be. making you reevaluate your life choices. Is what you're saying? Um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I mean. Yeah, it's camping food. I would have ate this in the deer blind last week when I was hunting. If I had now, how would you describe the um, flavor? I mean, is it herby? Is it? I mean, what is this? It's um, it tastes kind of like chicken noodle soup, but not soupy. You know, if that almost makes like any a casserole. Yeah, it tastes like a. That's a good way to put it. It tastes like a casserole. If I had to, if if this was at the grocery store, packaging is everything. So if I were to go to a grocery store and I were to see this on the shelf, I would expect it to be like an identity more thing where you pull the lid off and put it in the microwave and warm it up or something like Not that. Not in a or, plain brown wrapper is what you're saying. No, I mean, if like this would be something like if you were starving and you were driving on the freeway at night and you pulled into a fast like, into a like a, a, a gas station to get some gas and you were kind of road hungry, you would go over and buy this off the shelf and throw it in the microwave and warm it up. Gotcha. Not something you would probably want to sustain yourself on all the time, but it gets the job done. It would stop your stomach from growling and it wouldn't make you vomit. I question what I just said. Um, so you are. Okay. All right. Let's see what the cracker is all about. Not to be racist. Okay, this is going to be just a plain white saltine cracker. 
It is. It's just a plain white saltine cracker. Um, totally flavorless. Adds nothing of value or anything to the meal whatsoever. We'll just put that back in the container there. Blah, blah, blah. Let's try the osmotic raisins, which means they probably have breathing problems. Shake them down. Da, da, da. Opening up the brown package of raisins. I know, riveting radio here, folks. Just stick with me. Um, oh, yeah, they're just plain raisins. Let's try these out. Yep, plain raisins. Not bad. I like raisins. I could get out of this. So there's that. Now, let's move on to the, to the fig bar. I haven't had Fig Newtons in years. Do you, do you ever eat Fig Newtons? You know what they taste like? They taste like Grandma's house. The actual physical house or just, just being, being grandma's at Grandma's? House? It's one of the things that she always had. Okay. The aftertaste on the raisins is really, really bad. I need to drink some beer. Wow. That's horrible. Now, you know that uh, there's like a whole genre of YouTube videos dedicated to these things, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I do. But since the person was kind enough to send it to me, and I, I need to do this. Oh, yeah, I yeah. To, I need to, but there's this yeah. one guy. I think is uh, he, he goes by, like, Steve MRE, who actually goes through mm-hmm. and eats vintage MREs, like, from oh, uh, from Vietnam, World War II. The, the, and they're still good? Some of them are, yeah. Uh, the oldest thing I've seen him eat is this cracker. I can't remember the technical name for it but it was from the civil war oh i know what you're t- we covered it i can't remember what it's called though okay the fig newtons aren't bad they don't have a whole lot of flavor to them they're definitely better than the raisins um okay yeah so let's try this now let's see if i can get the package of, of skittles open oh it opened up okay cool Hold on. Uh, oh my God! No, these are unedible. Oh jeez. <laughs> okay, it's picture time. I'm just all picturing right. like wow. one alpha skittle that is comprised of all the all the skittles that went no. before it. This is unedible. I'm sending this now. Hold on. Get a picture here. Again, this is going to go on the Facebook page. I'm sure. Okay, hold on here. Wow. I, okay, this is it right here. Oh my God. That is the picture. <laughs> Somewhere Willy Wonka is crying. I don't even know what this is anymore. This looks It looks like, like it got heated up like to a very bad degree. I'm going to try to eat an orange one here. Hold on. Instantaneous regret. Wow. Nope. 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 Oh wow. Nope. Wow. And they said that podcasting carries no glory. Those are horrible. Those are... I would rather eat the cracker. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to eat up the rest of the Fig Newton here. Oh, wow. All right. Mission accomplished. I have have eaten said stuff. Uh, And there is a moist towelette. You know what? I'm, I'm kind of bummed. There's not the all usually the I want to say all but a lot of MRE meal kits come with the really shitty like Gatorade stuff that yeah, you mix yeah. with water. Yeah, that's not in here. They they were kind enough to give me a moist toilet lemon scent. So, and uh, let's see what Papa's perfect seasoning tastes like on top of the cat food, as we were calling it. Da, da, da. Okay, whoa, a little bit too much, but hey, Papa. I was just gonna say. 
Okay, hold on. Don't worry, folks. We're getting into the good stuff. It does nothing to help it at all. <laughs> all right, moving on. Oh, we're done with that. <laughs> Thanks, Manny, for sending it to me. If anybody else wants me to eat some really bad MRE, please don't send me an old ones, but yeah, I'll eat the stuff on the air. We'll do this. I'm going to have to take you to it's, like it's a military great. surplus store and ha- let you have your pick of those. I went to one uh, last week when I was up north. There's this place up in the mid-Michigan called Jay's Sporting yeah. Goods. Um, you're familiar Very. with it. Okay. I don't hunt real far away from there. I hunt up in a place called Harrison. So Coincidentally enough, that's there. where Grandma's house was. Yes. Everybody knows somebody who lives in that yeah. part of Michigan. It's crazy. If you're in Michigan, you know somebody that lives in Harrison, which is weird because it's not a real big community, and you would think it would be bigger if everybody knows somebody there. It's bizarre. But... So I go into this place called Jay Sporting Goods. I go in there, and they've always got, and you you probably can testify to this, there's almost always an Amish family setting up in the front of the store that is almost always selling jellies mm-hmm. and jams, right? Yeah. You know? Okay. So I get in there, and I'm waiting for my buddy to get there, and I look over, and there's this Amish girl who's probably in her late 20s, um, attractive, very attractive, and she's making eyes at me, and I'm like... I'm thinking to myself, nah, why is an Amish chick going to be checking me out? A, I'm no prize package. B, I'm, as they refer to, English. And and C, like, she's substantially younger than me. Then after I thought about it, I'm like, well, if she's getting into her 20s, she's probably past her prime in Amish to get married or whatever. Or or she's going on Rumspringa, and she's looking to sell her wild oats. <laughs> Either way, I was like, nah. And then I look over again, and she's, like, making eye contact with me and kind of smiling. And I'm like... This is weird. This is very strange. Um, What do I do? Do I go up and talk to her and promptly get beaten to death by her Amish father because I'm English and I'm not part of the Amish community? Is this a ploy to get me to buy Amish jellies and jams? What's going on here? And my friend pointed out it was probably like that episode of the X-Files called Genderbender where it's like the religious community has seen people in there to kill them or what have you. So I never went up and talked to the person, but I found it. I was like, wow, this Amish chick is kind of like like Amish flirting with me. I don't know. It's, it was weird, you know? So anyhow, J sporting goods, they've got every kind of gun in the world. So they've got these 50 cal guns and they, I think they also sell armor piercing incendiary ammo. So technically you can buy a gun that can cook that can kill process and cook your deer all in one shot. <laughs> but, um, it's like the only four miles around. And then next to it, they had an army surplus store. I'm like, I'm going to go in here and see if there's some MREs in here. Of course, there wasn't, uh, which kind of struck me as odd. They had all kinds of military gear and stuff like that, but they did not have the military rations. That's odd. So, yeah, well, the reason why is, is I think is because Jay's Sporting Goods is right next door, and they've got all of that kind of food repackaged as camping food, like yeah. you said. So well, heck, I was like, you, oh, you can I guess get, that makes uh, sense. MREs at Walmart now at the sporting goods section. Yeah, really? yeah. Like actual military MREs. They're repackaged for consumers, but yeah, for camping absolutely. Purposes, yes. Okay. I'll I'll check into that. I'll, I'll you know maybe I'll check into something else again. But what we need to move on to is the greatest of American pastimes. You might be thinking I'm talking about football. No. You might think I'm talking about baseball. No. You might think I'm talking about curling. No, but you're close. We're going to talk about turkey bowling. Um, you are familiar with turkey bowling, correct? You said I you am, were. yes. How are you familiar with turkey uh, bowling? I've just seen various clips on odd news stories that the local newscast would put at the end of a broadcast. So, turkey bowling, I'll read this. This is from 
R-E-V-O-L-V-Y.com. I don't know how to... Re, Revolvi? Revolvi? Well, I guess it would be Revolvi. Re, sure. Chicken Tetrazzini. Okay, <laughs> we're going to go to... Turkey bowling is a sport which, based on ordinary bowling, a frozen turkey is uh, serves as a bowling ball, and 10 plastic bottles of soft drinks or water are the bowling pins. The turkey is bowled down a smooth surface, for example, ice or a soap-covered sheet of painter's plastic using bar soap. Uh, it is commonly associated with Thanksgiving, one would hope. I, I cannot, I, I simply can't see people t- doing turkey bowling on the 4th of July, but hey, whatever. Turkey bowling is popular in minor league ice hockey in the United States and in Canada. The origin uh, variant involves turkey bowling in an aisle of a grocery store. So they take an aisle of a grocery store, they put, you know, pop bottles or two liter soda bottles, whatever the hell you want to call it, at one end of it, and you get a turkey and you bowl down the aisle to knock over these things. I kind of want to do this. Uh, the original variant involves turkey bowling in an aisle of a grocery store. A Derek Johnson claims to have invented turkey bowling in 1988 when he was working as a grocery clerk at a Newport Beach Lucky's branch while observing a manager slide a frozen turkey across the floor and accidentally topple a soda bottle. Ding! I can just see the light bulb going off in this guy's head. He was probably really bombed on weed. <laughs> this would be a fucking great idea, dude. All right, listen, man. This is what we're going to do. <laughs> We're going to grab a turkey and we're going to bowl it down the aisle and knock over some pop I bottles. Guarantee, I guarantee you so, the pop was Fago. Derek became, well, if it was, this was in Florida from what it sounds oh, like. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was at a Lucky's. Uh, yeah, they don't have Fago down there that I know of. Uh, Derek became a self appointed commissioner of the Poultry Bowlers Association. It codified and ruled the terminology such as the foul line, uh, the gobbler, three strikes in a row. Uh, the butter ball, a gutter ball. So I guess if you throw a gutter ball, you call it a butter ball. And a wishbone, a, a notable occurrence is it doesn't explain what a wishbone actually is. Turkey bowling was featured in a 1995 novel, The Blood-Sucking Friends, a love story by Christopher Moore, where it was the favorite sport of the animals, a wild group of night grocery stockers. I could totally see me doing this working at a grocery <laughs> store. Uh, <laughs> continued by the sequels, You Suck, A Love Story, and Bite Me. Episode 14 of 10 items of or less TV series was Turkey Bowling number 6. Uh, this idea for this episode was given by John blah, 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 blah. the grocery store games episode frozen food fight featured a round where two contestants bowled a frozen turkey at nine bottles of soda bottles the combined number of knockdown was the number of non-frozen items such was allowed to use in their next dish so they would bowl with a turkey and depending on how many pot bottles they knocked over would determine how many items they could use in their next turkey dinner okay every thanksgiving morning cleveland's fox affiliate wjw-tv does an annual turkey bowl from the eagle giant eagle store at the greater cleveland ohio area the wjw what, what would jesus wear i don't know <laughs> version of turkey bowling uses 15 cans of canned cranberry sauce stacked in a pyramid shape oh my god and uses a uh, one bowl per round knockout tournament format the 2010 edition it was hosted by morning features a man about report Kenny Crompton and a morning meteorologist Angela Campus. Folks, I really can read. It's been a little while. In What Would Jesus Wear TV's version, people win prizes anything ranging from giant eagle gift cards to monetary prizes. The contestants is broadcast on What Would Jesus Wear Live, a streamed around the world on What Would Jesus Wear's website, with contestants taking up uh, 
full closing segment, continue reading, I should have worked that out already, a uh, segment around seven minutes in each hour of What Would Jesus Wear's Morning News broadcast. The broadcast began in 1999. I'm just, I'm just picturing people practicing oh all year for this in the backyard. I would totally do this. I would totally Cleveland's do this. Cleveland's not that far away, oh, sir. Freaking freaking heartbeat yeah <laughs> what are you here for the hall, uh, rock and roll hall of fame no i'm here for the turkey bowling <laughs> sir it, it's probably we'd have to make it like dodgeball we'd have to show up in really fantastically wild outfits like like um what was um what was that game show where everybody would show up and really oh let's make a deal um per, I, let's make I'm a deal in. yeah so we'd have to show up like I, I would be the fat guy that shows up with body paint. I would body paint a turkey on, and I would have the, the the clown wig with like the fifteen different color afro and stuff like that. And I'd probably be wearing like football shoulder pads. Now, now would you body paint your turkey? I would no. I would I would paint a turkey on my. Oh. Body. What do you mean? Would I take the turkey? And yeah, paint the turkey yeah. that I throw. No, that's still in the bag. That's still in the netted little bag. You have to have the handle. Oh. Now, now I'm wondering if when they do this in Canada, do they have the people in front of it with the brooms sweeping? <laughs> you know, you think You'd about have that. To. Yeah, like, sweep, sweep, stop, sweep, left, sweep, 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 and you got the guys like going down the aisle as the turkey sliding down the aisle. That I sounds think like you it'd just be a lot invented more turkey fun. curling, sir. Tip: If you done curling, it it's is. a bitch. <laughs> it is hard. Uh, okay, controversy. Dun dun dun. Of course, there has to be controversy. Animal rights proponents: the turkey's already dead, folks. Okay who oppose the use of animals for sports claim that turkey bowling is disrespectful to animals and sends messages which may encourage violence to animals is or any, people. The turkey is any dead. less disrespectful than processing, you know, the slaughter of Yeah, you've already killed turkeys? the turkey. Now, it would suck to be the guy that buys the frozen turkey after it's been used for turkey bowling. I don't know. How would that turn out? Okay. Uh, Another object is perceived as respectful to the central attribute of Thanksgiving. So it's disrespectful to Thanksgiving to throw a turkey down a roll. Okay, whatever. Moving on. 2003, an upcoming event for the title of UK Great Turkey Bowling Champion at Manchester Evening News Arena. So this is over in Europe as well. Was protested against by animal rights campaigners. As a result, plastic turkeys were instead used of real frozen turkeys in 2007 an animal sanctuary rescued a live turkey which was in a cage from a turkey bowling event in new york state so okay now i envision okay there's a turkey in a cage people are turkey bowling and then animal rights activists ninjas like kind of sweep in with their masks and stuff this is a homegrown terrorist organization here the turkey liberation Fund is probably (laughs) what it was called they bust this turkey out, not even paying attention to the frozen turkeys that were already there. So, yeah, that's that's turkey bowling, folks. Um, I want to do this. I want to. Really I, I think do we it. need to start a league. I want to do it. Where are we going to do this at? Like me and you could do this, but where are we going to go to start a turkey bowling? I don't know. I mean, I used to. Ha- I mean, the town I live in used to have like that NHL thing where you could actually go out on the ice and practice skate. That would have been a, a great venue for this, but you know. We need to find a venue to host this at to be able to do Somebody this. has to have a frozen you pond know? that would let us uh, at least have an afternoon out there. In your area of Michigan, it would probably be more feasible than down here. But, like, we could actually have a real turkey. We could actually run this as a real Thanksgiving turkey event. We could have an entry fee, and the winner gets 50% of the pot or whatever, because we'd have to cover the cost of renting said location to be able to do it. Um, there's obviously already rules out there for this because Mr. Whatever the, the guy who was the, uh, the 
originator of all this, the commissioner, the the Poultry Bowlers Association. I imagine we could co- contact them and get a copy of the rule. I can't imagine it'd be that difficult. I mean, you'd figure that they have to have a website. It's an idea. It's an idea. It's a thought. Then all it takes is an idea and a thought to change the world. <laughs> but... Like, it, it would only be cool if people showed up in costume and stuff like that. We To encourage that, we would have to have some kind of a turkey bowler costume contest to encourage the, the ridiculousness. Because I want to go for maximum full-on ridiculousness with it. If you're going to have turkey bully, it's it's like the scene from Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Once you get started into a turkey bowling habit, the tendency is to take it as far <laughs> as it can go. Yes. You know? Yes. Um, you know? So I'm I'm all for it. It's just a matter of if we can pull it off. But what I really want to talk about is the which I'm going to make this, and I think you are too, which is the uh, White Castle stuffing for Thanksgiving. This is a legit recipe, so I'll get you started. This comes from an actual radio station website, and Christy Graham sent this to me. Thank you, Christy. This is coming from kezk.radio.com. And this is a recipe on how to turn White Castles into stuffing for Thanksgiving. So you go ahead and attack this however you want to attack it. Read the article, whatever. It does look delicious. All right. Uh, I am a fan of White Castle. So, uh, yeah. Uh, feeling extra lazy this Thanksgiving week? Well, then, just head to White Castle, buy a bunch of sliders, and turn them into stuffing. Really, you can do that. In fact, White Castle just unveiled the following recipe. Oh, okay. This is... This is legit. White Castle, actually. Yeah, this okay. is real. Yeah. this. I think this is Yeah, this is from White Castles themselves. Or Crystal. If you live in an area we don't have White Castle, there's a restaurant called Crystal, which is virtually the same as White Castle. Well, I mean, Cut. the picture shows the uh, box of frozen, frozen sliders, ones, and I imagine yeah. it would be the same thing. So here are the ingredients. 10 to 12 White Castle sliders from the restaurant with the pickles removed or pickled up from your local retailer or picked up from your local retailer. One and a half cups diced celery. One and a quarter teaspoons ground thyme, one and a half teaspoons ground sage, three quarters teaspoon coarse ground black pepper, quarter cup chicken broth, or one cup of casserole aversion. Directions. In a large mixing bowl, tear the sliders into pieces and add diced celery and seasoning. Add one cup chicken broth. Toss well. Add ingredients to casserole dish and bake at 350 degrees for 35 minutes. Or to stuff the ingredients into the cavity of a turkey, prepare the ingredients as noted above, but reduce the chicken broth to one quarter cup, then cook as you normally would. Mix about nine cups, about enough for a 10 to 12 pound turkey. No, allow one slider for each pound of turkey, which will be the equivalent of a third quarter cup of stuffing per pound. Again, I have to divert back to marijuana because I can't see somebody who's not stoned on pot coming up with this idea. I mean, this is actually kind of feasible. Is, I mean, I don't know if I would want to make it a household tradition, but it would be an interesting. Oh, I'm doing it. This, this year. would be an interesting experiment. It. Yeah, there's me and a few listeners that are going to get together. Um, my buddies, the Kishes and, and my friend Lisa, we're going to get together this year for a Friendsgiving. And uh, I said I was going to bring this and I was told, quote, I'm not going to go buy more toilet paper for when your ass explodes my toilet. But and my wife <laughs> would kick my ass if I serve this next Thursday. I think you should do it as a little joke side dish, not as a main. Just like put it out there as a fun little dish for people. That's what I'm going to do. I'm like, no, no, she can't even handle the smell of White Castle, let alone having it. No, this would this would probably uh, be a controversy that would live on for years in the Koa household. Now, Lobo said he was going to make this as well. I'm going to make it. I'm I'm absolutely going to make this. You Um, will be the brave canary in this mind chapter. (laughs) 
<laughs> uh, compared to what I just ate, it can't be that bad from the things I've been eating on the air at this point. I haven't died yet. But it's not that hard. It doesn't seem like it's that hard to make. I mean, it's just going to be fun. I'm going to be pulling into White Castles. But yeah, I need 12 sliders of no pickles. And the rest of the stuff, it's not that big of a deal. I'm just wondering, like, I don't know, man. I mean, I don't know. It just seems like it'd be I'm, I'm gonna too do it. moist because the buns on White Castle are soggy to begin with, you know? I don't know. Well, it's going to happen either way. It's go- This is going to be a thing. So... Which makes me wonder if we actually get the turkey ball, the, the butterball turkey ball bowling league going, like, should we serve this there? <laughs> oh, you have to. <laughs> All right. So we're at, oh, God, we're almost at the half hour mark already. Yeah. Again, we had no idea what the hell we were doing before <laughs> we press record. Um, this comes from, this is the next, this is a series of news articles that, um, there's a website that I go to quite frequently to pull information and stories for the show and the Facebook page called strange company. And it's at strangeco.blogspot.com. It's one of my favorite blogs to go to for anything weird. This woman is fantastic. She does really cool stuff. She finds really neat articles and she puts them up there. So on a whim, I went in and I typed in Thanksgiving because I didn't want to do an entire show of, of, of cannibalism related stuff which we normally do because it's getting harder and harder to find cannibalism articles because we've covered everything and people only eat so much of each other so what you're saying is that the cannibal community needs to step up their game they do they absolutely need to step up their game and i would recommend that when they do eat somebody that they do it with the the uh white catholic (laughs) so I went to this site and I typed in Thanksgiving to see what would pop up. Sure enough, this woman never disappoints. A bunch of news articles popped up from Thanksgiving past that are really strange, odd, and bizarre. So I'm going to read the first one. And then, Tom, if you want to read the one after that, you're more than welcome to. This one is uh, titled, Please, Please Don't Use Turkey as a Weapon. Um, Thus, the above headline has probably already made you guess what's coming next. Another strange company, Thanksgiving, because she covers bizarre and strange stuff. We, uh, Where we Americans gather with friends and family to eat, drink, and nearly kill each other over the weight of turkey bones. Uh, This is coming from the Alta California, which is a newspaper back in the day, November 25th of 1887. James Johnson and Charles Morris were celebrating Thanksgiving Day in a Polk Street saloon yesterday afternoon, deferred as to the weight uh, afternoon, deferred as to, I guess that means to get into an argument, as to the weight of a turkey bone. To make Johnson believe that his guess was way off, Morris struck his adversary with a glass of beer over the head, as you do. The police uh, uh, interfered and locked Morris up on a charge of assault with a deadly weapon while Johnson was booked for disturbing the peace and using vulgar language. So they got into an argument over the weight of a turkey bone and the guy picked up a glass and smashed his buddy over the head with it. Yeah. Um, Anyways, go on to the next one if you want. Thanksgiving isn't usually thought of as a romantic holiday. Tell that to those lovebirds, David and Bertha. And here's the headline. David Cunningham and Bertha Fowler of St. Jasper, Missouri, were to have been married Thanksgiving Day, but he hit her with a chair and she knocked him unconscious with a pitcher, so they spent the day the day in jail. Again, beer was involved. I don't know. You know, I this is actually kind of comforting in, in, in some way because we're being led to believe that human beings are getting dumber and dumber with each passing year, but it's nice to No, we've always it's, been Yes. I, I this is this is heartwarming in a way. Such festive disputes are traditionally followed by the turkey rattle raffle of death. The San Francisco call, November twenty ninth, 
1895. There was a turkey raffle at 22nd and Market Streets last night, and as a result, four men are in the city prison today, charged with an assault with a deadly weapon. The arrival of the police served to stop what was in a fair way to become murder. John Maloney and James Conlon are friends. James O'Malaria and Edward O'Malaria are brothers. Each is prepared to fight the other, and early this morning, each pair did what it is prepared to do. Just how the affair started, no one seems to know, but Thanksgiving morning was only an hour old when North Oakland was in a tumult. The O'Malias and, Mal- and Maloney and Conlin would not agree about the result of a turkey raffle. There was a dispute as to the winning. One O'Malia held, held a ticket marked 9, and Conlin held a ticket marked 6. They were plain pasteboards in 9-1. Now a 9 upside down is a 6, and a 6 is a 9, and on the similar and on the similarity, four men prepared to take each other's lives if need be before they would consent to lose a prospective turkey. Okay, now hold on. For the record, I was led to believe that this is going to be an article about David Cunningham and Bertha Fowler were supposed to be getting married on Thanksgiving and then beat the shit out of each other. I don't think that this article matches the thing that you just read. I don't love. think so. But nonetheless. These two guys are ready to go throw down over a turkey raffle and kill each other. Continue. The peculiar part of this affray is the fact that both contesting parties charged their cause of action as the number of beers increased. There it is. (laughs) O'Malia had number nine, number nine. But during this argument, he turned it upside down and started <laughs> in to argue, argue and fight that six was the winner. I'm hearing a Jimi Hendrix song yes. here somewhere. Go ahead. Conlin was not going to submit to any compromise that would end in peace, so he vociferously declared that he had held his upside down all the time and that it was not six, but nine. <laughs> Man. I would hate to see <laughs> insert sixty nine. I would hate here. to see these guys in a game of Uno. James O'Malia backed his brother Edward, and John Maloney sustained Conlin. After satisfying themselves that arbitration was out of the question, an attempt was made by Conlin to impress his views on the O'Malias by hammering their heads with a beer bottle. <laughs> <laughs> the indignity was returned. Oh, wow. And when the police arrived, lacerated heads in clothes liberally adorned with blood and arms flourished with bottles were all mixed up. Good sir, I have a six. Good sir, that is a nine, not a good, that is six. Good sir, good sir, I have a bottle and good day to you, sir. Well, good day to you, sir. And then they promptly started beating the shit out of each other. After separating the... Because that was the ultimate insult with good day, sir. They didn't say fuck you, they said good day, sir. Them's just fighting with was, it, was that like the Victorian version of OK Boomer? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> After separating the combatants, all four men were taken to jail and charged with assault with a deadly weapon. Edward O'Malaria was said to was also will also have to account for carrying concealed weapons. John Maloney secured a bondsman this morning and has been released. His companions in the O'Malias passed Thanksgiving Day endurance vile. <laughs> My man got a bondsman to get out over turkey assault. It is not recorded who finally took possession of this priceless turkey, but I'm assuming it was not the O'Malias, the Maloney's, or the Conlins. So there were three people involved. Four people, four people yeah. I think. Wow. Okay. 
Um, I guess I'll read the last one here. I, there's a couple more, but I'll, I'll, I'll give this one a shot. Another Thanksgiving turkey, this one simply uh, unappetizing, was at the center of another public brawl, the Carba, Car, Carbon Date Chronicle. Immediately, I think of Han Solo frozen in carbonite for some weird reason. <laughs> uh, December 19th, 1885. Again, I have not pre-read these, and as everybody knows, my ability to read English is struggling at best. Officer Charles was called upon Officer Charles. Officer Charles. Officer Charles was called upon to quell a riot, a riot, a riot in a State Street boarding school, boarding house Monday night. There grew out of an intolerantly intolerable toughness and inexcusable resistance of a tur- Thanksgiving turkey. I think what they're trying to say it was an incredibly tough turkey and everybody wasn't able to eat it. So, hey, let's riot. Uh, the boarding house is known among the denizens of the tough end of the State Street as Cheap Chunk Joint. Wow. Which, <laughs> which appellation, though more ex- expressive than elegant, aptly describes a place which would be known in the larger cities as a function. Okay, these big words are throwing me off here. Or a secondhand hash house. Okay. Call it what, you na- call it, uh, what name you will. The reporter found it to be the most unsavory place and ex- exuded a swill barrel smell that, oh my God, just get to the fucking point, uh, that indicated the source of the food before it was dipped in vinegar and fried over. Oh my over. God. So dipped turkey. Uh, one large frying pan is the principal and favorite means of preparing the food served to the patrons of this den. It appears, however, from the statement of the female that keeps the place that she had promised her boarders a rare treat on Monday night. To keep her promise, she brought a dried, <laughs> dried turkey to the public had injected on Thanksgiving Day for a dinner. This gobbler had been very large and old one originally, but the flesh originally, but the flesh had all dried up and the breastbone appeared like the distant view of a lofty peak. <sighs> was this guy paid I by the I think so, word? yes. Did this guy like sit down with a thesaurus and was like, I am going to write an article about a bad Thanksgiving turkey and a fight. Okay, uh, like the distance view of a lofty peak some miles above the timber line. Like, I love, like, this, like, elegant prose put in there. It's almost like Lovecrafty in that it goes out of its way to describe how bad this place was, but it had a really good view, but the turkey was shit. Uh, the bird was duly dipped in vinegar, however, the, and, however, and contrary to customer, custom of the keeper of the joint, broiled instead of fried. I'm not understanding this, but oh well. Apparently, it was a dried turkey dumped in vinegar. It was served with some pretentious uh, pretensions to style in a large di- <laughs> dipping pan, which also contained a number of boiled potatoes. Again, excessively long. This is word salad, old school. What in God's holy name are you blathering about? When the hungry boarders, some 12 in the number, had each deposited their dime into the horny hand of the hostess, that is exactly what it says, <laughs> they sat around the long table prepared to discuss the turkey. They had reckoned without the bird. However, there was not a knife to be found in the house that could make the slightest impression upon even the, I should have had you read this, formerly white meat on the breast of it. This suggests the idea to a carpenter to go next to the barrel and saw while a young man who worked at a... Are you reading yeah. this as I'm reading this? Who worked at a butcher shop not too far off soon returned with a meat axe. So they had to bring an axe in to cut this turkey. Uh, the collision between these two tools on the breast of the unreasonably tough bird sent the flour and water gravy flying out of the uh, dripping pan over the guests. The jointer is getting less than a quart... Okay, let me reread this because it gets weird. <laughs> yeah, right. The jointer's getting less than a quart on the lace lace kerchief. 
jointly arranged a long along her long skinny neck. <laughs> what the hell is this? Bedlam ensued in which the turkey became a weapon of offense and defense. <laughs> Of all the boarders were mauled with at or one time or another during the combat, so they took pieces of the turkey and started to beat the shit out of each other. Officer Charles put down the revolt of the boarders against the cheap chuck boarding mistress, and the carpenter set up the beer to his fellow sufferers. Beer, again. Uh, this passive Okay, so to calm them down, he got them all beer. This pacified all of them. None of them would make uh, a complaint for assault against the others. So... From what I am led to understand by this incredibly long-winded article, this was a flop house of ill repute. It was really horrible, but it did have a nice view of the Pine Barrens. I'm still Um, trying to figure out what the hell secondhand hash is. I don't know. Uh, Probably leftover, like, like, you know, hash browns or, or, you know, like... um, Like corned beef uh, hash? Corned beef and hash. That's what I'm thinking. I could be wrong. I don't understand a damn thing I just read. I'm just trying to make it through this because I was an idiot and decided to read it. So to recap, this was a uh, less than reputable boarding house. It appears to have had a very nice view. The woman who ran the place was quite horny, but she promised the guys that she would make them a good dinner. They paid a dime apiece for this turkey dinner. It was a really old turkey. It was really dried up. She dipped it in vinegar and then fried it and it was super really tough they couldn't cut it with a knife or apparently they couldn't find one so they went next door to the meat cleaving place got some kind of an axe to chop up the turkey with as a result a bunch of gravy went flying all over getting all over everybody everybody got pissed off then took pieces of the turkey that they couldn't cut up and started beating the hell out of one another with it then they called the police officer the police officer showed up calmed everybody down gave everybody beer and everybody mellowed out and didn't file charges that is Thanksgiving. Folks. Again, it's kind of comforting. <laughs> I mean, when you hear all these stories about people going crazy in Black Friday, turns out that's a, a, a centuries-long American tradition. Uh, apparently, I don't. I don't. I don't understand. Again, I'm an idiot. I don't quite understand what I just read. I mean, that was the longest word salad ever. Uh, month-old turkey boiled in vinegar. I love vintage recipes. Yeah, it's month-old turkey boiled in vinegar. Oh, God. Oh. Well, let me try to read one more here. What the hell? I'm already in this deep. So this story naturally brings us to my favorite Thanksgiving-themed weaponized <laughs> turkeys. Oh, here we go. Again, I have not pre-read this. Fortunately, it seems to be popular with a lot of people this time of year. Witness the story from the Pittsburgh Press, November 28th, 8, oh, 1987. Okay, we're, we're moving into okay. our time here. Uh, this is from Tacoma, Washington. Man was thrown in jail on Thanksgiving when accused of assaulting his girlfriend with a 21-pound turkey. The woman told police she had she and her boyfriend were arguing outside the house. He lost his temper and used the turkey to shove her into the house, aggra- uh, aggravating her poor back condition. Uh, police arrested the man on assault charges under the state's Domestic Violence Act and booked him in jail. The weapon was not placed in evidence because it was roasting in the oven, an arrested officer noted. So they could... <laughs> they- he beat the shit out of his girlfriend with the turkey and then cooked it? Apparently, he pushed her into the house with the turkey. The woman told, okay, we're arguing outside the house, and he lost his temper and used the turkey to shove her into the house. So he was just, I guess he was just shoving the turkey against her and shoved her into the house with it. Uh, yeah, that appears to be what happened. So he was beating, like, I guess, shoving, beating her with the turkey. They couldn't claim the turkey to use it as evidence because it was cooking in the oven when the police showed up to arrest him. Another one. This item comes from the Los Angeles Times, November 24th, 1983. Again, we're, we're into our era here. Anthony J. Crew of Windham, Ohio, also used a turkey to get his name in the news. But it cost him $150 and a year's probation, said Gene Tongdugdugdugdugdugdugdugdugdugdugdugdugdugdugdugdugdugdugdugdugdugdugdugdugdugdugdugdugdugdugdugdugdugdugdugdugdugdugdugdugdugdugdugdugdugdugdugdugd
It seems crew celebrated Thanksgiving a couple of days early last year by assaulting his brother-in-law with a 20-pound frozen turkey. Uh, the Southern Illinois, November 25th, 1990. Midwest City, Oklahoma. A man who became enraged that his Thanksgiving turkey was not defrosted was charged with assaulting his wife with a frozen burr, police said. Scott Nelson, 33, spent part of Christmas, uh, Thanksgiving Christmas. Thanksgiving in jail. This is what my brain does. It inserts words that aren't actually there. I don't know where the hell I got the Christmas from, but we're in the middle of a story, so fuck it, I'll read it. Part of Thanksgiving in jail after his wife Jackie signed a complaint accusing him of assault, said police uh, Major Brandon Clay. Uh, Mrs. Nelson, 24, told police her husband got angry and threw the turkey uh, and pie into a parking lot at their apartment complex after he discovered the bird was not thawed. So the dude got pissed off and just threw the pie and the turkey outside. Wow. You know how much bowling we can do with that frozen turkey? When she gathered up her child to leave, she said Nelson hurled the frozen bird at the car, breaking the windshield. <laughs> I shouldn't be I'm just imagining what this guy would do if it was dipped in vinegar first. She said he then grabbed her and threatened to assault her with the turkey before she got away and drove to the police department. Nelson was released later Thursday after after posting a $204 bond. Uh, I can only hope Mrs. Nelson spent the following Thanksgiving celebrating her divorce. After reading the above stories, you may be thinking that only men use turkeys as weapons of war. Let me direct your attention to an item in the All-Town Call, September 4th, September 4th 1909. Going back in time again. Uh, here, this is probably one of the... What's not as long, so maybe I can make it through this one. Uh, it remained from Whitetail Hall Township to produce the latest methods of of warfare in which dead turkeys are, are used by Mrs. Sally Roeder and Mrs. Janine Otto uh, had a hearing before Alderman Brower last night in which each charged the other with assault and battery. Here it comes. Mrs. Otto claims she was the owner of a flock of turkeys. No, don't start singing the song. One morning she found them dead and she charged Mrs. Roeder with having killed them. In her charge, Mrs. Otto declares that the Roeder woman attacked her with a dead turkey in each hand. So this bitch was like, wah! <laughs> like flinging, like turkey nunchucks. Yeah, turkey nunchuck style. Uh, attacked him with uh, dead turkeys in each hand. That she's two fisting it. She held a turkey by the neck and a whopped and whopped her victim over the head with them until she was sure she would never be able to enjoy another Thanksgiving dinner. So she grabbed these turkeys by the neck and just pummeled this woman over the head repeatedly with these turkeys. Are you envisioning in this in your head as oh, I am? Yeah. This just windmilling these turkeys. This is awesome. Uh, the auto woman had a bunch of gruesome exhibits as evidence of the uh, handling she received from Mrs. Roeder. Exhibit A was a big fist full of hair, which she insisted the rotor woman pulled out of her head. The hair certainly looked like her own. Exhibit B. Was, exhibit B. I can just see this in the courtroom, you know. Dun, dun, dun. Exhibit B was the sad remnant of a once peekaboo shirt waist. What was the sad remnant of her? of once peekaboo shirt waist. I don't know what the hell that means. Nothing but the peaks was left of it. Mrs. Roeder showed the marks of somebody's teeth in her arm. (laughs) Which she said were Mrs. Otto's. The case was continued until Monday. Uh, Of course, there are times when the lack of turkey leads to Thanksgiving trouble. The Daily Times, October 7th, 1938. In San Francisco, a husband took wife and family to a restaurant on Thanksgiving Day. He ordered the turkey for himself, beans and coleslaw for the family. The lady sued. So he ate the turkey and made everybody else eat everything else. Uh, Happy Thanksgiving to all the readers, blah, 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 blah. So, yeah, that was it. Um, 
I'm not sure which I'm more impressed with, the woman who two-fisted with the turkey is pummeling somebody and then biting the woman, or the boarding house of ill repute with the vinegar-boiled month-old turkey and everybody beating the shit out of each other and an act being involved. I, I gotta go with the turkey riot, because... <laughs> that sounds like a... <laughs> the the great that's turkey the riot low... of 1897. <laughs> That's a low-budget Russian band. <laughs> Turkey riot. <laughs> All right, why don't you read the next one on the mirror? Cannibal who murdered and ate three people, regularly ate cats, dogs, and birds. All right. The good news is we've only got about 10 more minutes left, so we've already breezed through this show. We're doing pretty good. Excellent. Here. Police have seized a man that they say is a cannibal after the partially eaten corpses of three murder victims were found along with the body parts of dogs, Cars? Cars? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> it's supposed to be cats. <laughs> the duty of cars. Go ahead. <laughs> and birds. Russia's investigative committee released a long statement saying the 51-year-old man killed three acquaintances with a knife after they fell asleep when he gave them alcohol. They said he did this in order to eat them. He dismembered their bodies and partially consumed them before disposing of the remains in bags and ponds, claimed the authorities. The statement says the man were the men were discarded in a river channel and a lake in the districts of the city of somewhere in Russia. I, I can't even begin to pronounce that. <laughs> no, try to pronounce no. it. Try it. Go ahead. Somewhere in Russia. Arkhangelsk? <laughs> yeah, Arkhangelsk. Uh, sure. We'll go with yeah. that. Okay. In northern Russia. Wow. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Look at this photo. Tell me that those faces do not look like they're, the, the woman and the guy. Tell me that they look like they're photoshopped on. Uh, the, yeah, she looks like a mannequin in Buffalo Bob's basement. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and you know yeah, what? I can totally below. imagine that guy killing three friends and eating him, eating the, his and friends in car. cars. Yes. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, I uh, let's see. The killings took place between March of 2016 and March of 2017 in various parts of the territory near the city. The statement from the local authorities, translated from Russian, says: In addition to cannibalism, the accused regularly killed and ate cats, dogs, and other small animals and birds whose bone remain whose bones remain who whose bone re bones remains were found in packages along with human ones. It goes on to assert the man has been considered mentally healthy after a medical examination. Right. <laughs> wow. Meanwhile, the alleged charges assert that the accused began to live in the apartment of one of his victims while telling the parents of the killed man that their son had gone to work in another city. He confidently put forward the same version to police officers who were looking for the missing persons of the Russian statement. This shows the special impudence, unscrupulousness, and composure of the accused, added the translated statement. So, yeah, he knew exactly what he was doing. This, along with the fact that the other two victims had no relatives, meant that the disappearance or loss of family ties was not announced, and people didn't suspect foul play. It therefore took a long time to identify the victims. The local authority statement added, considering that parts of the corpses were found fragmentary, which in practice excluded the possibility of their identification, they were only able to establish their identities thanks to a large number of various complex examinations. Russia's investigative community, the, inve the version of the FBI, also released a video clip of the man under arrest. Ooh, where's that video clip? It's up a little bit. It's actually up towards the top. It's at the very top of this. No, it's not. That's a dude... That looks like he's wearing a string thong with polygon <laughs> tattoos on his back. That's not the video, though strangely interesting. It is. I don't think they have the video actually on. Oh, I'm not seeing it. So, all right, I'm going to move on to the New Yorker. Um, 
NewYorkPost.com. Cannibal who walked into police station with human hand jailed for life. Again, I have not pre-read this. This is coming from originally published by The Sun. The Sun is very questionable. That is one of those sites where it's like it could be fake news just as much as it could be real news or it could be real news that is embellished slightly or to an extent. So I'm going to take this one with a grain of salt. Nyuk, nyuk. <laughs> uh, cannibal who walked into a police station and confessed he was fed, was fed up with eating human flesh, has been charged for li- or caged for life. How, I'm, I'm tired of eating human flesh. I want you to do something about this. Uh, twisted Nino Mabatha horrified cops by pulling a woman's severed hand and leg from a pink school bag. And leg? Oh, are you a piece of a leg? Uh, triggered grisly discovery of more potty parts from a young, uh, from a young mom. Uh, Mbatha, I guess that's the guy's name, Mbatha and his sidekick, uh, Lo- oh God, <laughs> Lungusani? Mugabin? Mugabin? English, motherfucker! Do you speak it? Both 32 were found guilty of murdering 24-year-old mom, Zanelia... Oh, shit. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Heights... Hatshueyo in East Court, South Africa, both were said to have eaten parts of Hatshiwa's body. A third man... Oh, Jesus Christ! Why didn't I make you read this one? Uh, a third man, K Y K, I'm gonna spell it K H A Y E L I H L E, Lamula. So Kulihi, Kulahi, Kuliluma. Wait, I can read it. I can read it. <laughs> Whatever. Thirty-two was acquitted due to lack of evidence. Judge Potter Olson. Now, now that I now that I'm reading weird words, I can't read normal words. <laughs> Judge <laughs> Judge Judge Potter. Judge Peter Olson jailed Mbatha and Mugubane for life after claiming that an impact statement by Hulugwashusuma <laughs> was one of the most meaningful she had ever come across. The the statement from the mom was the what? Okay, whatever. I don't think anybody's still following along at this point. They're just listening to hear me make a fool of myself. He dismissed an appeal application by Mbatha at... Oh, my God! It's called reading. <laughs> Peter Maritzburg? Sure, Peter Maritzburg High Court saying that there was... Why did I drink before I did this? Saying there was little chance of succeeding reports news site. Mugabane said that... He was going to talk with his family before making similar application. Constable Ryan News, whatever, and does Gothroth, whatever. That name looks like something out of a Lovecraft book. <laughs> that's 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 Nerethra. That looks like somebody trying to cheat at Scrabble. Told, yeah, this is a word. No, it ain't. Yes, it is. Told the trial he was stunned when McBaffa walked into his police station. I thought he was mentally unstable. You think because he kept speaking out of turn. Well, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> he was shouting, I need the police house because I am tired of being forced to eat human flesh. Uh, Narethrotap said he wanted Mbatha to stay silent after his outburst, but Mbatha insisted on talking. He pointed to his bag and said that there are human parts in here, the cop told the hearing. He opened the bag and took out what looked like a hand and put it on the counter. He and a colleague initially thought it was a doll's hand. Narethrotap testified. He then took out a red tacky uh, red tacky shoe from the bag and a horrible smell came with it 
it was at this point, I think we may have covered this story at one time, but I don't remember. It was at this point that I told him I was placing him under arrest under suspicion of murder. Well, how kind of you. Uh, Narithrotep sold Mabatha later to, led police to a one-room house where he claimed he was being held captive and forced to eat human flesh. I followed the accused into the room where he re uh, retrieved a small dish, he told the court. Inside the dish, I saw something shaped like an ear and what appeared to be jaws. Dun, 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 dun. He then picked up another bucket that appeared to have intestines in it. Oh, my God. I'm not even reading that sentence. Mbatha, Megabadane, and Lumula denied murdering Zanelli. A fourth man arrested when charged. Can you imagine the guy having to write the Oh, my God. There's another wow. one. Okay. Okay. You'll know it when you get to it because I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna try to say it properly, but if you don't know what you're saying and you know what I'm talking I, about, I see fourth, it already. <laughs> a fourth man arrested and charged with them, uh, Sith Embasso Sithole, not shithole, Sithole, <laughs> S I T H O L E. Thirty-one died in prison after apparently killing himself awaiting trial. Prosecutors said Mbugin um, uh, and Luma went to to traditional healer Mbatha to bring them good luck. Mbatha was said to have told the told them ancestors oh my god it's not even written properly Mbatha was said to have told them ancestors instead that blood was needed to be spilled told them ancestors oh. <laughs> why am I reading this Lamula reportedly later reported later found Zanelia drunk and she got into her car he then picked up his co-defendants and drove to a secluded spot where Mbatha killed Zanlini, uh, prosecutors said. Oh my God, it just goes on. I'm almost done, folks. We can make it through this together. Really, we can. <sighs> Cannibal allegations rocked the area on August 2017 after one of the suspects was said to have led community members. I should have made you read this. Members <laughs> and police to the woman's body. I would have been so much happier laughing at you and you probably would have been able to do it. Shut up. It was buried under big rocks, and he. Uh, we had to call a machine to remove the rocks. Local counselor. Well, how did oh, they get. God. Okay, if they had to get machines to move the rocks, how did they get the rocks on her? I don't know. But I think what they did, I think somebody just grabbed a whole, like you said, a box of Scrabble letters and just dumped them out and said, we're going to make a name out of that. And that's the name that's going into the story. Somewhere somebody is laughing at me right now for reading this. Probably most of our listeners. Oh. <laughs> uh, Okay, they showed us the body parts in one of the houses. They admitted that they were waiting for the body parts to attract maggots. What? what? Apparently maggots collect what? money for them. Apparently maggots collect money for them. Is this like the Underwear Gnomes episode of, uh, of South Park? <laughs> Step one, bury body. Step three, make money. <laughs> Umbatha said when he was questioned, he produced a human hand. We already got that. Further investigation led police to a house where they were met with a foul smell. More human remains were found. So they went to another house on top of the wow. one house they went to. A second suspect was arrested in East Court and a third in Awagyawa era. More body parts were found. Jeez. <sighs> You're going to read the last one. Okay. You're going to read the one, which is Russian Sweeney Todd handing out sweets made from human flesh from local children. This should be chock full of Russian. Oh, it is. Oh, oh, oh good. Jesus. This is my turn to laugh. Hold on. Let me, <laughs> let me get comfortable for this one. <laughs> A suspected 80-year-old murderer nicknamed Russia's Sweeney Todd allegedly cut up her victims' bodies and turned their flesh into jellied treats for local kids. The alleged victims include oh, an eight-year-old girl who reportedly annoyed the grandmother suspect by playing too noisily. 
The youngster was killed after she cheekily threw ice cream at the pensioner after being told to be quiet, it is claimed. Sophia Nikolanova was arrested after janitor... That's a lot easier to say than what I had to say, but go ahead. After janitor Vasily Shlykanovich, 52, had agreed to rent a room in her apartment in the village of Berezovka, located in Russia's Khabarovsk. Do you speak any English? Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Wow. (laughs) Territory. (laughs) Yes, suffer like I did. <laughs> Man, in January this year, I did not think that this was a woman. Uh, just looking at the pictures of her, I didn't. I thought it was an old man. Wow. That's uh, oh, Russia. Yeah, there you go. Police intensified the search operation when body parts found in bins around the city were suspected of belonging to the missing man, and they decided to issue a search warrant for her apartment. A spokesperson at the Russian Investigative Directorate in the uh, Khabarovsk territory said criminologists discovered knives and saws on which they discovered. I already hate you because you're doing far better at this shit than I was. (laughs) Criminologists discovered knives and saws on which they discovered traces of blood of the victim. She was arrested for murder and put in pre-trial detention as the investigation continues. Locals said the alleged cannibal killer was Sonia Sipitaya because she had a deep masculine voice and cut her hair like a man walking around the area in camouflage. Wow. Walking around the area in camouflage gear and often carrying an axe. Jesus. And that she would regularly. This does not look like a. Okay, there's boobs, but this does not look like a. No. Uh, And she would regularly kill the cats in the neighborhood, even though they bothered nobody else. One local identified her. Only by the name of Tatiana, only identified by her first name of Tatiana, said, We always found it strange that despite being surly and unfriendly, she would often find the time to cook things for the local children. They were always meat dishes. Sometimes she gave them to the adults. She brought me and my husband plates with jellied meat. Aspic, a Russian salted dish known locally as kadalets. She added, I remember it well because my husband said, let's not eat it. You never know what it was made from. And now it looks like he was right. Tatiana said the police confirmed that she used meat from the people she killed. However, police declined to comment when contracted by Central European News because the investigation is still ongoing. Okay, you said that wrong. It's that's actually contacted, not contracted, but we are talking about Russia, yeah. so you could still be right in that instance. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Under interrogation, she reportedly admitted to killing her lodger, and as police probed deeper, they were shocked when she then allegedly also admitted to killing an eight year old girl who dis- oh, man. Yeah, who disappeared on fourteenth December two thousand five. She reportedly said the girl was a nuisance and had annoyed her by running around making noise and that the final straw was when the child had thrown a piece of ice cream at her. After that, her fate was sealed. So you ate the kid. Right. Okay. Why was a kid doing there anyways? Did she kidnap the kid or or whatever? Keep going. Uh, Yeah. Police have, uh, police said, uh, please still set. Damn it. (laughs) I know I'm in the same boat. Go ahead. We can do this. Police still have the case open because a few fragments of human remains were found at the time that identified as belonging to the child. But the mother identified as Natalia Alien. Alec. Damn it. Alex. I think it's it's Alex Sure. I can say that, but I can't say Mbatha. <laughs> well, go ahead. Whatever. Whose age was not given, insisted that the body couldn't have been her daughter, and still had hopes that she was alive and had been taken. Well, damn, that's awful. And had been taken by somebody. According to local media, human entrails were found in the suspect's fridge. 
When she heard that the girl had been killed by the pensioner, dubbed cannibal in Russian media, although it's unclear if she actually ate anyone herself, she broke down. She said, I believe against everything that she was still alive. I waited and I believe. People would tell me, Natasha, this is your daughter, but I didn't listen to anyone. After apparently confessing to the child murder, she then reportedly admitted to killing a third person, this time in April of 2013, when she allegedly murdered a female friend, Nina Babenko, aged 83, after she moved in as a lodger. The pensioner had recently sold her apartment and took the money with her as she went to live with Sofia Mikalanova. She was never seen again. Locals said that Mikalanova had worked in a slaughterhouse before becoming a security guard at Teplichnik, a local company. She was married to a man called Ivan. Of course she was. It's Russian, yeah. <laughs> who worked as a plumber dealing with heating at a local company. He died in summer of 2005, six months before the girl disappeared. The couple had three sons, although one died and the other two who survived still live in the Kapa yeah, region. They reportedly have families of their own there. Locals were reported as saying that several other people have disappeared from the town in recent years. The suspect is currently in a pre-trial detention. Sweeney Todd is a British Victorian tale about a barber who sells people's pies made with human flesh. Oh, <sighs> that was a rough story. Well, folks, the happy Thanksgiving <laughs> dinner goes well for you. <laughs> Hope nobody beats you to death with a turkey. Uh, bowling turkey is perfectly acceptable. We do have a lot more stories, but we're actually over the hour mark. I'm going to send you a link real quick. Okay. I want you to listen to this song that I'm going to close the show out with here. Hold on. This is uh, one of our listeners posted this up on. Okay. You're, you're a fan of System of the Down, I assume. Are you listening to System of the Down? I'm familiar with them. Yes, sir. Okay. Okay. This is a song we're going to close the show out with. You're, no one else is going to be able to actually hear it but listen to this version of it it's chop suey and it's uh chop suey way too happy of a acoustic cover <laughs> who the hell actually sings this go ahead and play it you're not going to believe it uh Did you have to hold the, the phone up to the mic or uh no no I'm gonna, this is what i'm closing the show out with here in a second right. but i just i just wanted i just wanted somebody to, i wanted you to hear this before i actually play it it's from the moladika bros and uh one of our listeners uh Kyo, uh, Kyo, I found it, and I was like, I have to close the show out with this. This is the most socially unacceptable version of this song as possible. Are you listening to this right now? Do you hear it? Uh, uh hold on. Exactly. <laughs> it's just like, what the hell is this? So, anyways, yeah. Um... This is where I give you a chance to like promote your show as you're listening to this somber, happy music in the background. You are, in fact, actually All recording right. again, right? Just you know, I am. Uh, we actually have uh, new episodes out. We've got another one coming uh, the day after you and I are recording this. Uh, again, my name, the name of the show is Jake and Tom Conquer the World. I've often described it as uh, what you would hear if you were at a bar hearing a couple of geeks drinking and talking about comic books, uh, movies, and uh, uh, anything else that pops in their head. I love coming on your show because the first thing we discuss on your show is always what is everybody drinking? And then we all go into yes. a big ordeal about what are we drinking? Why we like what we're drinking? It, it focuses just as much on beer and good alcohol as it does on geek stuff and comic books. It's, it's kind of mm. like 
it's like we can actually go on the show and have equally long conversations about Marvel superhero movies and DC movies and all of these things, as well as the alcohol that we're consuming. It's uh, it's a rather neat concept because you've also gone out and like interviewed people at breweries and things like that. True? Or is, or have you, you've... Uh, I, I've I've tried to, but they have not. Well, let's put it this way: the brewery that I was trying to get an interview from has their hands full right now. Oh yes, that brewery. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I know exactly the brewery that you speak of but uh it's an interesting take it's like it's it's a more mature geek show and uh, uh yeah like like i said it's just uh us sitting around drinking beer and talking about uh honestly whatever pops in our head i mean one week we'll talk about the latest movie that comes out uh the next week we'll talk about how we would abuse the power of time travel <laughs> as you're drinking <laughs> Yes. It's a neat concept. I'm glad you guys are back doing it again. Um, but podcasting is work. It's not everybody thinks it's just sit it down is. and do it. I mean, we make it sound like it's easy, but uh, in all realness, no, it takes time and effort to put these shows together and produce them and stuff like that. And, and you guys were away for a while and uh, you branched off and tried to do something else and it didn't work out real well. And you're back again. So, you know, it's, it's nice to have you back out there. And I've been on your show several times. I will eventually be on here again pretty soon. So I, you know, yes. It's, uh, it's, uh, in, I, in fact, uh, we're planning on having you on on not once but twice uh oh, we're gonna yay. be covering <laughs> yes we're gonna have you on we got to talk to you about rick and morty and uh we have inherited this year in fecal yes, matter th- th- you're the show that i gave it to and i still yes. provide content to you with uh it's been a, what's it been about a year and a half two years since we did the last episode in fecal matters not quite a year actually wow yeah it's due we're due again so yeah. anyways all right i'm gonna wrap up the show with uh, a cover of system of the down chop suey um which is far stranger than anything you could possibly imagine um this is rojan peace out from detroit go ahead and take it away my friend all right well uh thank you for having me on i've always wanted to be on here i'm glad to finally uh, make an appearance thanks my friend you take care and have a good thanksgiving you too don't beat the shit out of each other please <laughs> Love to
That was just some weird old-timey language. It's like, what the hell is this and why am I reading it? But I've already started reading it. I have to finish reading it. I don't even know what the hell I'm saying anymore. I know everybody's just tuning out. Or if they're still listening, they're just listening to hear me mispronounce shit at that point. (laughs) So I'm like, maybe I should have given this to Tom. But no, you get the Russian story. I'm all like, oh, this will be funny because it has words he can't pronounce. And you're an asshole and you breeze right through it with no problem. (laughs) Thus increasing my ability to look like a dumbass in front of everybody. Well... You've also been, I mean, you've been drinking too. 